Has the industry been giving sport pilots bad information about when they can legally fly? I'm Paul Platt, and this is Aero News. Welcome into the Aero News special feature. Thanks for downloading us today. I'm with Bob Miller of Over the Airwaves, the journal for the proficient pilot, here to talk about some uh, some things raised in the latest issue of Bob's newsletter, the October 2011 issue of Over the Airways. Bob, thanks for taking some time out for our listeners today. Oh, thanks, Paul. I enjoy being with you. You have an article entitled, Sport Pilots Beware, Your Non-FAA Medical Can Bite You. This, I think, is going to be maybe the most controversial thing we talk about all year, but let's get started. You, It's your contention that, well, let me not put words in your mouth. You go ahead and tell us what this article is about. I, I, I had a visit, my annual visit, with uh, my AME, a senior uh, aviation medical examiner, and we got into discussions about uh, various health issues, and he says, you know, I hope, he said to me, I hope you're uh, telling your sport pilots the right scoop on uh, this business about uh, whether or not they need to, um, you know, what the health requirements are to fly under the light sport rule. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he said, well... You know, you guys are out there telling people, you know, if you don't think you can pass your medical, then don't take a medical and go to light sport rule. And I said, well, you know, frankly, yeah, we've been saying that. He says, well, you know, if you look at the regulation, and there's two regulations that apply here, 61303B, which refers to the medical requirements for light sport, and 6153A, which talks about the medical requirements to qualify for first, second, or third class medical. Uh, in both of those different rules or regs, the same language is, is, is quoted, and that says the pilot must not know or have reason to know of any medical condition that would make that person unable to operate a light sport or a sport aircraft in a, or an aircraft in a, same, in a safe manner. So uh, he uses an example if, um, if a pilot were to have uh, diabetes, de- declining vision, hearing, cardiac, stent, or pacemaker, angina, or a whole host of any other conditions that would preclude him from qualifying for a, say, a class three medical, then he would be precluded from flying a light sport on the basis that those conditions would, in fact, prevent him from operating the airplane light sport in a safe manner. So, you know, I, I threw this in a, in an article not as a as a, a fait accompli saying, you know, don't do it. I'm just saying that uh, beware that if you are, if any of our listeners are a sport pilot or, ex- or exercising under the sport pilot rules, and they have direct knowledge that they cannot pass an FAA third-class medical because of a given condition, then in the unlikely event that they do have an accident, uh, and it was discovered that they had a condition that would preclude them, their insurance could be denied. They could be deemed to have been flying that airplane illegally. And that's something that we just need to think about. Okay, well, there's a couple of layers to this. I think that if you get into a situation where you've had an accident, um, I think that, that that's a very valid issue. But I think uh, I've got a couple of observations. I think the FAA created the, light, or the sport pilot rule with the understanding that they were going to hold people to a lower standard of physical fitness to fly day VFR only, two seats only, um, small aircraft with limited weight and, and all those things. And 6153 um, is specifically talking about 
condition that would make it unsafe for you to fly the aircraft in addition to all the medical things. In other words, if you have a medical and you know that you are unsafe to fly the aircraft is what they're talking about in 6153B. I don't think that uh, I think there are qu- probably quite a few conditions that could cause you to to fail a third class medical where you could honestly say that um, you are still safe to fly the aircraft because there is kind of a one size fits all um, mentality when it comes to applying some of these medical factors to a pass fail. Well, let's use a case, a specific case in point as an example. And let's say an individual has uncontrolled high blood pressure. He, his last high blood, his last blood pressure reading was 190 over 110. He's a walking time bomb. He feels good. We know that hypertension is a silent killer. He feels great. But he has knowledge that his blood pressure is off the wall. He doesn't take an FAA medical because of that reason. And he goes out and operates a light sport aircraft. All right. Now, so far, he's fulfilled the the the, the, the law. He he hasn't failed the medical. Uh, he holds a U.S. driver's license, but he has a medical condition that would preclude him from passing. But he feels good. Now, let's suppose uh, there's an investigation resulting from a mishap. Is this individual flying under the intent of the sport pilot rule? Was the, did the makers, the framers of the sport pilot rule uh, create this so that individuals with uncontrolled uh, high blood pressure bordering on a stroke any minute to allow those guys to fly airplanes? Do you think that was what their intent was? I don't. I don't. Um, well, that's that's perhaps an absurd example, but not an absurd example. I mean, high blood pressure is perhaps one of the the major reasons why we're not passing medicals at an older age. Let's suppose we have um, uncontrolled diabetes. You know, we need to have an A1C, for those who are not familiar with this, under 9 uh, to to be allowed to have a third-class medical. Let's suppose this guy has uncontrolled, out-of-control diabetes. I mean, he's, he's thrown a 25. He's a walking time bomb. He feels fine. You know, diabetes is another silent killer. He feels fine. He can drive a car and fly the airplane. But he knows that he could have, um, he could have uh, go into a coma. He knows he could do something bad at any minute. But under the light sport rule, as commonly interpreted, he hasn't failed a medical. He feels okay. He feels like he can fly an airplane. He's a walking time bomb. Was that the intent of the framers of the light sport rule? I don't think so. We get into a couple of layers here. I think if uh, uh, if you have been, uh, I guess I'd ask the question, is he safe to drive a motor vehicle? And so at some level, I think it's going to come down to, will the FAA long-term determine that its reliance on the states to test for these things as a condition to drive a car has been a reasonable screening process to fly an airplane as well. And you kind of mentioned that, too, in, in terms of New York State no longer requiring a vision test to renew a driver's license. Yeah, in, in New York State and a, a number of other states, uh, we self-certify now that we have uh, 2040 or better. We self-certify that we have no medical condition that uh, could cause uh, sudden incapacitation. There's no test. Uh, so the state is asking us to to basically 
be honest. And if, you know, the world would be much better off if we were all basically honest. But I, I believe there's people out there, as I'm sure you do too, that should not be driving automobiles. Um, but they hold a driver's license. And under the light sport rule, these same individuals who shouldn't be driving automobiles can legally, as commonly interpreted, operate an airplane under the light sport rule. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a giant gap in this rule that hasn't, I don't believe, been tested yet. Um, and this is something that will be tested. Fortunately, the light sport industry has, has suffered, I think, or experienced a pretty good safety record when it comes to medical incapacitation. I, I don't believe there's been any real cases of a light sport pilot dying in an airplane due to medical incapacitation. So that's good. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just caution our listeners, and particularly the flight training community, we ought not say, you know, don't take a medical if you think you can't pass it and then go fly under the light sport rule. You know, that's not automatically the truth. As I said in the two examples that I gave, uh, uncontrolled diabetes or hypertension uh, can make us walking time bombs. We think we can fly an airplane safely, but certainly the medical community doesn't think so. Well, and, and I think I would add, too, that uh, one thing I would concede here in any argument like this is that it's uh, light sport aircraft are not designed for commercial use. Um, I think you may get into a situation where there's a much greater pressure on someone to fly when they shouldn't if they are um, if they're flying uh, even under Part 91 in more capable aircraft, uh, flying at night, flying with four passengers, flying heavier stuff to uh, continue flying and if they talk about getting uh, getting rid of the medical for uh for all light aircraft i mean if if anything under 12,500 can be flown day or night uh vfr or ifr um without a medical this might become a bigger issue i think you're right you know and there's there's lots of discussion right now should we do away with the third class medical particularly for private pilots who are flying recreationally you know four seat aircraft or smaller you know, on the on the one hand, sure. I mean, we we'd all like less federal regulation, but on the other hand, it's the medical that that is keeping some of us out of the sky who needs to be out of the sky. You know, the the the, the gentleman who's just passed his ninetieth birthday, you know, and can barely hear, can barely see, uh, still drives an automobile. Um, and now he feels that he can get in his Piper uh, Archer and go fly. The only thing that's keeping him out of the sky is either his own good sense or a concerned relative or the local AME. And the local AME is often the, the, the catch point where we're getting older pilots out of the sky. You know, Paul, I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 67 here in another month. And so I'm, I'm concerned about this myself personally. But on the other hand, um, if, if it takes an AME to get me out of the sky because I'm in such ill health I can't control, myself in an airplane, then I hope he does it. Well, Take away that from me, and then I'm going to fly until I do something stupid. Well, you can find a way to get a hold of Bob through email through overtheairwaves.com, and you can reach me at Paul P, P-A-U-L-P, at aero-news.net. Bob, we may have lit a fuse on this one. We'll find out and see what comes in, and we appreciate it. Talk to you again next Monday. Thanks, Paul. See you soon. Bob Miller has been my guest. You've been listening to a special feature from Arrow News. Find us on the web at arrow-news.net. I'm Paul Platt. Thanks for listening. Have a clear and unlimited day.